It's an endorsement for the OGs, yo. We <laughs> to the top. Not just any OG, bro. To the top. We That's how it starts, OG, baby. But you never know, you know. Who, who this second the season, second season is going a lot better for us. We got a lot of different type of guests <laughs> versus just then having your local rappers, same rappers. You taking shots already? Nah, I'm not taking shots, well, but I'm I saying like we started off like first season straight rappers Yo, and Chris. Well, Chris is not a rapper, but and then we just now we oh, switched yeah, it he, up, son. Now we just stepped it up. Not even like we didn't even go get a regular cop or anything like, or you know like the guy downstairs like Yo, my man, come here talking to the mic. Like we went and got <laughs> the, the one, the, the one. <laughs> been all over the news. Been all over the paper. Radio been all station, over TV, podcast. Been everywhere. all over radios. Been He's all over the U.S. May, yet? May, may, may Comeback Jack, too. Up. Hey, Comeback Jack hey. went up, too. Comeback the stocks Jack, went up. Uh, Comeback Jack <laughs> nearly got him. <laughs> so we got to put facts out. <laughs> I had the number five rated show in 2013 on Comeback Jack. That, I beat LL Cool J, KRS-One, Rick Ross, all of them. My yeah, that show was crazy. Well, so, can you introduce yourself for those that don't know? Who we, actually, they do know because they click the fucking link in the bio. I'm tired of introducing <laughs> people when it's like they obviously know. It's clearly they you know. clicked it and was like, "Yo, we know who's on it." But for those that didn't hear who it was, yeah, hey listeners, I'm Corey Pegues, aka Boo Life. We're gonna talk about that later. <laughs> I'm here with my brother from my other mother, Sean Do. He's smooth in the book. I know y'all know about that book called "Once a Cop: The Street, The Law, Two Worlds, One Man." We're here to just tell this story. These brothers right here. Thanks for having me, y'all. No problem. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming up, as a matter of fact. I don't know how we skipped the level. I feel like I'm somebody now. Because, yo, we, let me tell work? you. I haven't read your book. I'll be honest. But only because it was such short notice as to you coming He's on the lying. show. I've been telling him six months ago. You told me six months ago. <laughs> this is how Jonathan introduces people. Yeah, I can Jonathan show you what I the book. Jonathan said, yo, we're going to have Corey on the show. <laughs> and I said, oh, he said Corey Guns. Like, yo, <laughs> I went and was like, yo, you can't just tell somebody Corey. And I'm like, yo. And then, like, after a while, yo, you saw in the chat room, right? He said, yo, Corey's coming Monday. And I said, who the fuck is Corey? And then he goes, then he says your name. And I'm like, oh, okay. We can, then make, I had a, we can make Corey happen, too. We got this, we got, we have the same entertainment attorney. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, See, oh, we could get all the Corys over here. <laughs> he, he represents me. He represents um, Tara. He represents Corey, Peter. Um, what's the other baby mama name? Amina. Oh, yeah. yeah. Butterfly. What's the, what's the, uh, in the Puerto Rican. He represents a lot of people. His name. Shout out Shout out to my man, Ed Woods. Ed Woods, entertainment lawyer extraordinaire. Yeah, that's my man. Yo, I'm happy to have you here because after watching so many, like, mini clips and documentaries on you, yo, you have an interesting life. Like, like. I just don't get it. I, I don't, it, it don't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense, but it's interesting to watch. How does it flow? Like, how can you break it down for people? You in the like, streets. Like, he's trying to talk about, like, because like, your life I, is like movie shit. Yeah, like, I don't get it. Like, so, this, it's like cinematic. It's like somebody wrote, the, like, yo, this movie, somebody wrote his life. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody, some editor wrote his life. You, It doesn't make sense. It, that's all. what he means. It's like somebody wrote your life, but he actually lived it. Yeah. So... You live through it instead of like somebody like movies. You know, they write everybody's lives. They put a gangster images, but these niggas didn't do it. Denzel movies that always have, like, oh, yeah, yeah Denzel, Denzel always breaks out. And, you know, he was like, oh, of course he was going to turn out to be a cop. Like, but it's like, like you knew, like, this, like, like Scorsese wrote his life. Like, yo, we're going to make him a cop at the end of the movie to fuck y'all niggas up. Yeah, but then it's like, oh, shit. This really it's like, happened. oh, shit, this really happened. 
But the thing is, it's deeper than that. It's like the mystique of like the '80s. The mystique about like you hear the rappers, the Supreme Team. It sounds like, like fictional, but it really went down. Mm-hmm. I should have bought. Like, I should have bought Bimmy up in here. Yep. Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! They should would have got. Oh, you Our know stocks about definitely would have went up. <laughs> well, that's not a problem. We get that. That's easy work. He only a text away. <laughs> Our stocks would have went now, up with that. For those that don't know, earlier you introduced your friend Smooth. Yeah. First of all, can I? <laughs> I just want to like because I already know some of him, like some of his details, but I feel like our listeners don't know right now. Those that I don't do this, I don't know exactly. So I oh, do want to break know. it down. Can you start off like where it started at? The story of your life, a synopsis, just real quick. Like, for instance, my brother right here is Chris, 24 years old. I had mm-hmm. to give him a crash course on the Supreme Team just right before you guys came here. <laughs> yeah, yeah so you know for the those, Supreme Team. That's the same. We let the listeners let the listeners know what I'm wearing right now, so they understand mm-hmm. what it is. Go ahead, Jonathan. Let you them see, know what these words. You see what this say? Wait, the, the, Sergio Tincini. You see this, Sergio Tincini? For you young boys out there wearing all this new stuff. I'm not rocking the Sergio Tincini suit. Nobody don't even have these. So that shit doesn't look fly, though. That shit doesn't look that fly. You walk down like, yo, damn. Fly, yeah. That's 80s. That's straight 80s. You know, we 80s. We straight 80s. But, yeah, my life is one. This is, you know, a quick synopsis. You know, I grew up in a family of six, five sisters and myself. Mother was on welfare, father left in the third grade. And, um, you know, I gravitated toward the streets at the brown age of 13. And uh, I met my main man, my brother, um, you know, sitting next to me, Sean Du. You know, his name is Smooth in the book. And uh, he was approached by another friend of ours, an older friend, and was like, yo, we want y'all to sell. This is the 80. You talking about 84, like 84. Hmm. Y'all got to understand Damn. for the listeners. I was, not even born. I was born in 87. <laughs> <laughs> so it was think a whole about that. different. Y'all, y'all call me you old. Know, when, we, when we talk about this whole drug game, it was so much different. Like when we was out there in the 80s, the cops was getting paid off. We'll get to that. Cops was getting paid off. They wasn't worrying about locking people, especially street dealers. You know, they was going for the kilos and the coke, you know, the big the big mm-hmm. drugs. They wasn't dealing with little crimes, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, hand in hand. And um, so at the age of 13, like, we was in them streets. He approached us like, yo, we want you to sell these Lucy's. Eric Garner got killed for Lucy's, Yo. loose cigarettes. The real Lucy's was real. joints. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Marijuana rolled up. So he gave us a... 100 say yo y'all take 20 off the top and everybody was smoking so it was not we was getting money hand over fist we were selling those and we graduated to what masculine tabs we started selling masculine tabs yeah we started selling loose loose cocaine and then crack this wonder drug hit new york city called crack so instead of selling 100 vials i mean 100 loose joints to get 100 dollars we sell 10 vials of crack to get $100. I mean, this was a wonder drug. It was just crazy. Everybody, mm. like the baddest chicks in the block mm. that you was trying to take out, they start hitting that crack. About eight months later, they was running up on you like, yo, please. <laughs> I need that. I need that. <laughs> I suck you. That's where it came it from. Was, I was like, <laughs> yo, it was crazy. It was crazy. Remember the, that movie with Chris Roxon? Yeah. Give me oh, yeah. 10 cents. <laughs> New Jack City. Yeah, New yeah. Jack City, exactly. So, yeah, the crack was crazy, you know. And you read in my book, Once a Cop, you know, I was... It, it's crazy that, like, me and me and Do, we actually was conscious drug dealers. Like, we wouldn't sell... If you read the book, if you read the book, listen, we wouldn't sell to women that was pregnant. Mm. I definitely wouldn't sell to none of my friend's mama. 
mm. or sisters or brothers. Like, oh, so you had morals. We wouldn't sell to our family. That wasn't happening. It was not happening. Right. Where everybody, we had other people, you know, we had a strong team out there. It started off, we were just five nah, young I mean, kids. Nah, he's a strong team. But they don't we had a strong <laughs> team. It the... was five young kids out on the street. It was me, my man Sean Du, my man June. My man Will and my man Renzo. And we was just out there, man. We was just making, but we was making so much money doing this. And then I graduated to going to the Supreme team where, you know, I was over here on Murdoch and 198 selling drugs in Queens. It was play play. I went to the Supreme team. It was a Fortune 500 company. Nice. They had me working. In, I used Shit. to work for Bimmy. My man, he was he was like Supreme right-hand man. And um, so, you know, so Bimmy had... His own lieutenant, my man BJ, who actually works with Murder Inc. Now right. he's mm -hmm. big in the music industry. Um, you know, he was his lieutenant. You know, I was one of the street right. workers, and um, I was like, "Yo, you got to work midnights." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> so you get you got <laughs> now you're at McDonald's. You apply to McDonald's. You yeah, got to work that midnight. You <laughs> you're like, you "What the fuck?" Midnight. You like, you got more. He's like, "Yo, I yeah. get out there." Like your boss at McDonald's tell you, "Yo, man, right. my man, you, you got an opinion." You're like, "Yo, fam, I'm not doing yeah. it." <laughs> you so quit. He was working shifts you can't quit this type of job. I mean, and, you know, bodies was dropping. It's the 80s. People was dying. You know, God bless right. my man Shabu, my man Pee Wee Raheem. Yeah, I mean, Starborn. It, Starborn, my man Starborn got murdered. My man Daquan, you know my son yeah, name is yeah, Starborn yeah. Daquan. Yeah, I found the confusing. Yeah, Facts. Like so, you know we lost a lot of people in the streets in the '80s, but um, it started just getting real crazy, and I decided, you know, my man Do, he slid off to college. You know, the crazy thing with me and Do, my other crew, all of them got locked up. You know, at what time or the other, yeah, yeah. they was getting locked up. Whatever, they was getting caught. They was smoking here and there. We never did drugs. We didn't do no drugs. We was about our money. We was flying. Right. You see the pictures in the book that act mm. like you don't see. Uh, <laughs> we was heavy. You see that back cover. Mm. That back cover. You know, yeah. I really love the back cover. That's your book. favorite picture, right? That's one of my favorite pictures because I'm in the hallway of Andrew Jackson High School. I told you it was Andrew Jackson. That's Andrew Jackson. Yeah, he went to I Newtown got a few. Too. Yes, Andrew I did. Jackson. I went we to went Newtown. Newtown. But in Newtown, oh, if you read in the book, I, I stayed below the radar because I didn't want them to know. I just wanted to be regular in Newtown. Right. Like, nobody didn't know what I was doing. And Andrew Jackson, I was coming with 300 vials of crack. Right. Passing out to different people. But I feel you know, it's crazy because, like, when you think about the 80s, like, you hear stories. Like, you have Kevin Childs now on Fun Flex. You have Geetho on there. You have a lot of dudes from different neighborhoods. Yo, the 80s was fucking wild. Mm -hmm. Because if he's talking about Newtown, and you see, we grew up in Corona, Jason from the Spanish side. Right, right. Our, our uncles were doing it too, so it's crazy how yeah. it was a chaotic. I mean, but that's when, <laughs> it's fucking chaotic. But that's when it first hit, and it was like they didn't now, know how to handle it. Yeah, but what? think about it, it's just the generation because before that, it was the dope dealers like my uh -huh. day, like yo, mm -hmm. had their own seventies, in the seventies. So it's like yo, down the, you know, law enforcement things changed by now. The times have changed because back then it was the wild wild west. So you like, just so, magically got up one day. I know somewhat a reason why you just decided to stop it but i be asking people too like we know people in the game uh -huh. and it's like in order for them to stop they need to generate the same amount of income or find On the, the other side but it's yeah. like they don't so it's like yo i'm staying here but because they don't try it's like they they try ah, it doesn't work fuck this i'm out i'm going back right so what, what what did it take for you to just like you just well for me you know again like my main man left and he went to college he went to hampton university shout out to hampton pirates we we be mm -hmm. going down there next week to the reunion <laughs> we going every year to the reunion Ooh. but um 
he went to college so like that was, and remember i had four other dudes they was my crew but like this was my main man and he left and things was getting crazy you know i had a dude pull a pistol out on me mm-hmm. i end up you know trying to murder this mother scooter out there on the block <laughs> and luckily you know the gun didn't go off i can't tell you about it. you gotta read the book <laughs> thank you, you i appreciate you don't ruin that part in the movie <laughs> <laughs> his life is a movie exactly so um and then you know december december 14th december 12th my son always be cursing me out I've been messing this book. but my daughter's birthday June 14th for his December 12th 1986 uh-huh. my son Corey Jr. was born in Brooklyn and um I was like yo that's game time but my mm-hmm. father left when I was in the third grade so it was like yo I'm gonna be here I want to see right. him crawl walk call me Dada and all of that and so I decided right there my exit plan but you know I always tell people, you know, I speak all over the country, and I always say, like, I would never tell somebody stop selling drugs or get out of a gang if you don't have an exit plan for them. I was actually going to tell you, like, I was actually going to ask you, like, do you understand drug dealers are like, because fast forward, you become a cop. Yeah. So it's like, how does a cop tell somebody not to do something that they were doing? You get me? So I was oh, like, but it's easy to but tell you pay them. the longevity, he's still alive. Oh, oh yeah, cool. it's That's easy to tell them. Kids is but raised. my thing is, saying, like, if I don't have a, if I don't have a plan for them, I can't rap to them, because right. I was once a wolf, and you watch the Animal Channel, mm-hmm. a wolf gotta eat, he yeah, gonna whoa. eat. So right. you couldn't tell me to just get out the streets if you wasn't if you wasn't gonna show me. It wasn't about me like you just said making the same money, just survival. It's like I left the streets October eighteenth, nineteen eighty seven. I went to the U.S. military. I was making six hundred dollars a month. Yo, dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> we was making that in a few hours, man. Mm-hmm. But I was the happiest person in the army because no longer did I have to worry about the police mm-hmm. looking for me. My girl set me up. My man's right. out there, the stick-up kids. Like right. I was just happy to just go ahead and live a normal life. Right. Without, I mean, when you're in these streets for you fellows that's out there in the streets, like your streets is real. They eat you up. Right. And I, I, I know a no, lot we of know little, a lot little of homies that's, that's out there in the streets, yeah. and I tell them, yo, these they, they eat you alive. It's totally different now. Like we ain't had this. Mm-hmm. Everybody got a cell phone. Every time you sell a piece of drug, you better know that it's on camera. Mm-hmm. If it ain't on the cell phone camera, somebody in their house, they got a they got a house camera somewhere. Camera. The corner store got cameras. Right. There's cameras everywhere. We was in the middle of the street, just walking up to cars selling drugs. It was, it was, nobody was around. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a different ball game. It's a whole yeah. different ball game. You know, the average span of a drug dealer, you get three to five years in the streets without getting popped, it's a long time. We got five years out that streets without getting, I mean, I got locked up one time. You know, right. you gotta read the book, figure that out. <laughs> I'm shot. Like, I feel like every time he lowers his place. It's like a commercial break. Like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like trying to watch a movie in primetime network. Yo, bro, <laughs> yeah. Come on. Don't do that. Right when there's nobody, you're like, damn. I'm commercials, Colgate commercials shit. and shit. All the, things that, all the things that went along with selling drugs, all the things that went along with selling drugs was in, we was involved with. Now, you lured yeah, but, him into it. Yeah. Well, not lured him, but you influenced him into I, it. I was, I was an influential factor. But well, what's your background like? Like, what made you go that route? But he always dropped his jewel, you know what I mean? Like, like, like what y'all doing, you know what I mean? If, if, if I didn't know y'all and I was younger than y'all and I was in here watching y'all do this you know, mm-hmm. every day, I would want to do this. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? You see cats, if they selling fried ice cream, I would want to sell fried ice cream. So, right. you know, dudes, if we was around dudes, Wall Street brokers, I want to be a Wall Street broker. Mm-hmm. If we was around dudes that was 
older than us, that was fly, that was neat, they was fresh every day, they was getting money. I wanted to get money. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get Plus money the just like the them. cars. You know what I mean? The, I wanted yeah, the yeah. flash. I wanted the, the popularity came with it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And we lived right down the block from the park, and that, that's the park where we played ball every day. You know, girls playing handball, we hooping, and we was getting money. You know what I mean? Crazy. It was taboo like, selling the park, it's, though. It's like, it's like a rock star mentality. It's like the dope dealers, the rock stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Facts. It's like the biggest rock stars. Everybody's influenced by the rock stars, which is the dope dealers. Absolutely. Music, Big Daddy yeah. Kane, everybody, the jewels, the chains, mm-hmm. the outfits. Even it's still risk of against the shit now. Y'all got a pitch. Y'all got like, a pitch. Y'all got a pitch of the homie right there. there. One of the one of the mm-hmm. smoothest cats in the game right now, Jay Z. Yeah. He, he's young cats see Jay Z. They want to be Jay Z. I mean, they they see Jay Z. They want to be Jay Z. We seen them dudes. Not that we wanted to be them, but we wanted to be in position. We seen dudes driving cars. When we was able to get cars, we got we rented cars or we we leased cars. We had cars. Dudes were taking cabs, taking Lincolns. You know, back then, Shaq's was was one of the best. Uh, our cab stands out They had the Lincolns Yeah You know And was For somebody 14, 15 years old To get in a Lincoln And go to City Island And have them wait for you You eat that's, You want a date more. And come I'm home saying. Wasn't too many Yeah yeah no, no, no. Cats doing You gotta read the book My thing is <laughs> yeah. At 13 yeah. Like I couldn't come out of my house till I was seventeen. Like, like, he still can't come out. Like I'm on probation right now. Like, how's a, a thirteen year old in the streets? And like, like, and, like and you get jumped by a twenty five year old. Like yo, give me your shit. No, like yeah. I'm just thinking back in the eighties. Why? Like, at thirteen no in the eighties. Think about it, at thirteen in the eighties in them streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at exactly. thirteen in the eighties, prostitutes, crackheads everywhere. All that. Mm-hmm. All that. Fucking robbers. You gotta, you gotta understand. So like my mother. I don't know my mother to ever have a job. You know, she was on welfare. So it wasn't a whole lot of parental guidance. Like, she gave me morals and values. I went to church every Sunday, you know, as a little kid. But it's funny because I tell people all the time. I've been on CNN all that. I tell everybody. I've been taking care of myself since 13 years old. Facts. Right. Like, I might see you and be like, yo, give me $20. But paying rent, taking, buying my clothes and all. I've been doing this since 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And my little son Man. right now... My granddaughter is 10. My son is 9. I can't even imagine them in three years taking care of themselves. Right? That's crazy. All you got to do is disconnect their Wi-Fi. They're done. Disconnect their Wi-Fi. They're done. That's what I'm saying. Like, how how does one at 13? You you disconnect their Wi-Fi right now. They're like, (laughs) the world is over. You got to understand, like, so... My out was going to the park to play ball. Like, we was right. nice with ball. We was real nice. And anytime y'all want to put these mics down, right. I, I still... I'm up for the best. I still can I'm shoot. I can shoot foul shots now. <laughs> he, do, do, he still got that Coney Allen between the legs behind the back. I'm done with that. <laughs> but uh, So we was in the park all day. So for my mom, I was in the park all day. But she ain't always selling drugs. But then after a while, I come home, hit her off. Because we ain't had no, you know... Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're reading a book, you know, I was eating mayonnaise sandwiches, open the refrigerator, roaches running around. So sometimes you up in City Island with yeah, eating lobster. <laughs> yeah, I was taking, I, yeah, we was taking cabs. We was taking cabs in City Island. Meanwhile, he's bringing home the left. Like, nah, I was, yeah. I was some guy gave yeah. it to me up the block. You know, so Meanwhile, he was my, in City I Island. I would get my mom money once in a while. So she knew what it was. She wasn't condoning it, but I'm like, yo, here, whatever you need, here, boom, we was good. Right. You know what I'm saying? So... It is what it is. You know, the one thing I regret about this whole game, and I talk about it all the time, is my mother died thinking her son was a crackhead. I mean, a, um, a drug dealer. Mm. That's the one thing I regret. Now, how old, how old was that? How old were I you I was then? like 17, 18 when she died. 
Yeah, like 17, 18. That's crazy. I was like seven. I was like eight, seventeen with with two kids. I was seventeen with two kids, six months apart. High school diploma? No. Facts. Yeah, I went to school every day. Me and him was the only drug dealers who went to school every day. Like I went were, to school every I single like day. They sound like they were the nicest drug dealers. We ever. was. <laughs> like, hey, kid. Yeah. Like, they make it seem like, like, you know what? I'm going to become a drug dealer, but I still go to school, though. Yeah. Nah. We went, <laughs> yo, we went to school. We went to school. I might every set you, single I might, day. I might I sell you like five packs, but yeah. I'm still at school. I, I went math. to school every single day. <laughs> Imagine. And dude went to private school his whole life. He hey, went to Catholic school. He graduated from Bishop Lockman High School. Well, he Damn. was selling. He was in there selling cocaine. <laughs> to all the to white the boys. Teachers, <laughs> to the teachers and shit. Like, miss, pass me on this test. I got you. I no, got no, you. We, we knew. No, no staff. No staff. No we staff. knew. We knew that education was the key to success. Like, right. I, I mean, drugs was, it was. I wasn't trying to be supreme. Mm-hmm. I definitely wasn't trying to. I was just trying to be fly. Get some jewelry, fila mm-hmm. suits, some Dita suits. You know, stay fly. That's what it was. We wasn't like trying to be the kingpin. Like wow. we was our own bosses, and then we we had people working for us. You know what I'm saying? We had motherfuckers working for us. Is it easy to um, pull out of the drug game once you're in it that deep? Or well, it was if, easy if you were in that deep. So it, it was easy. So Do had the plan. He went to college, so his was easy. Like, and we was proud. I never forget. <laughs> he hate when I say that. I remember he was going to college, so we was all happy. Like, yo. Yo, you going to college? You serious? <laughs> and we, and you we going, made it. You going out of state? <laughs> so you thinking about like cars and everything, but that ain't yeah. impressive, son. But it, yeah, because yo, it started getting, it was crazy out there. Bodies was dropping. You got to understand, last year in New York City, I think it was like less than 400 homicides. You talking about 87? We were just cool. 86, 87, you were to Hamden? 85. 85. 86. 86. It was like 1,900 homicides. God damn, damn. So bodies was dropping. So this is a shot right. But we didn't even really know. Like, you got to understand, like, we was around all of this danger, and we didn't even know. It was so, home. like, when I went to it Supreme Team, I would come to Basie Park, and somebody would just be missing. And mm. be like, yo, what happened to Raheem? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like, damn. <laughs> you what, happened, vacation, what happened yeah. to Iron Horse? What happened to Big Pete? Like, dudes was just disappearing. But we ain't even know it was like dangerous. It's like, yo, I'm like, yo, he'll be back. We got a little money. But what's crazy is that I had a a white coworker one time drop me off home, and he's like dropping me off through through my neighborhood. I live Mm -hmm. in Linden and Suffolk over there. Okay. So it wasn't that bad. I mean, from what I thought, it wasn't that bad. But he was like, yo, how the fuck do you walk this? (laughs) Like, yo, they 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 looking at you. They talk. I'm like, all right, cool, like relax. (laughs) But they don't. You don't realize how dangerous it could be. Because you live there, it's home for you. It's, so it's normal. It's a normal for you. That's why. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, it's it was normal. very normal for us. I mean, well, I mean, I'm working for the Supreme Team. You know, you'd be out of, like, totally out of your mind to come and try to rob me. Like, right. That was a death wish. Yeah, yeah. So, so we had the backing. Are they still hiring? We had the backing. <laughs> <laughs> they still hiring. Maybe, maybe the clothing brand Supreme <laughs> Soho. I could, I, could use, I could use that you type could, of. Alex would be the only guest in Soho at the Supreme I store. I could use that type of threat walking around like I dare niggas to look at me so, and touch me. Maybe you go at gangsta in Soho. So then you, all right. So then December fourteenth. Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> that's your birthday? My birthday December fourth. Oh my bad. Well, Jay Z's birthday. Same uh, year, huh? Yeah, right? Same year. Same year. Same year. No. I was born in December. No, eighty six. No. His born was 
You were born? 87. Oh, all right. Dang, you old as shit. That's um, <laughs> so you was born, and then your son was born. So you decide to wait, wait, join the army. Wait, wait, you was born, and then your son was born? Fam, look. There's so <laughs> much. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I don't edit this shit. Nigga, like, I don't edit this show. Uh, your son was born, then mm-hmm. you decide to go to the army. Right. When you come back, a new chapter in your life. Yeah. You decide to be a cop. No, so <clears throat> when I came home, I gotta read the book. Bro. It's <laughs> crazy. Like, so no. it's, fra- it's crazy because like all my friends was dead and in jail. Hmm. Then by the few. time you left, you came back. They like, was six dead in jail, or, or they um they left the streets. Yo, how, how they ironic. left the streets. How ironic! He what? goes to put his life on the line, but when he comes back, all his boys are gone. Yeah, well you gotta understand. So October '87, mm-hmm. I left. Two weeks later, the feds take down the Supreme team. Everybody. Mm. Everybody. I mean, throwing bricks out the window of Basley Projects, f- trying to flush crack <laughs> and, and the cows back in the, the cows yeah. back in the day, they would cut the water supply. Always back. <laughs> for you back. can't flush it down the yeah. toilet. For real? <laughs> and then, so you're talking about two weeks after uncle. I left the streets, they, the feds take them down. And then January, 2000, um, January 88 is when... They murdered Ed Burns. Mm-hmm. Ed Burns get murdered, you know and that changed lived? that you, changed you, the entire game. House. You know where you live? Yeah, two blocks right on up the south on the other side. side. Yeah, remember that where, changed um, the whole drug. Interrupted my story, so no, I'm like so least, into this. Shit. But he can have an idea because <laughs> he lives right there on yeah. um right up Linden. Mm-hmm. It's right there. Mm-hmm. It happened like a couple of blocks. A couple from of you. blocks away. Yeah. So they murder him. So then that changed the entire game, the drug game. That's when you got all the Rico and all of these. Laws, you know, you. I mean, you murder a cop, like young. Niggas gonna be knocking kid. the doors, asking questions, like yo. Yeah, I mean, that was it was probably like the worst decision <laughs> anybody could ever make. But the make. thing is, at the time, you got to think about Alex too. Like these niggas were young, and they were both the because they had money, so it's like you were above the law. Mm-hmm. In your mind, you're like, I'm untouchable, baby. Like yeah, it was crazy. It, it's crazy that like that, that feeling, like that feeling. like mm-hmm. power. It's like it's like in the book. If you read the book, like when you talk about. I mean, I don't want to. I mean, I'm a civilian. I ain't trying to get shot. I, I don't know if he still got yeah. connections, but in the book, he talk about Prince. And just think about, like, he, the power he had, the influence. Mm-hmm. He'll look at you like, yo, dude, mm-hmm. take him out. Mm-hmm. You And you had no choice. Facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that Facts. type of power. Like, that's fucking mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. That's judgment. That's, yo, I, I, don't, even like think, I don't even think you presidents. Like the, mm-hmm. You like that book opening, I see. <laughs> yeah. You like that opening. That shit's crazy. Because it's like, yo, it's like, it's That's it's what makes you read it. That's what makes you get to that last page. <laughs> yo, it's, <after. laughs> yeah. it's fucking crazy. Because think about it. Like, you riding around with a dude. It's like, all of a sudden, think about it. Like, Chris is riding around. And Chris says, yo, Alex, you got to kill that dude. <laughs> but meanwhile, you know, he's down and he already had like 100 bucks. I'll kill Chris first and then. <laughs> nah, that's what you thought. <laughs> that's what you thought. But somebody like Prince back in the day, you can't even touch. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Untouched. only read the first page. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> he only read the first. The page. intro, the, the prefaces, the prefaces. Wow, chapter four. <laughs> Wait, I mean, <laughs> the prefaces. What was the most racist thing that happened to him? Oh, you read the touch. You read the touch. Googles. Get your Googles. I know them. Yeah, but it's a it's a different time. All right, so as a cop. It's just I don't know. This makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, so when I got out, I came out. Like, when I came out like, the like, army, he's like crazy. Like eight after I came out of the army, I came out March '91, and then January '92, I went into the police academy. 
Now, as a drug dealer, don't you like say fuck the police? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you have babies, it's like yo, I got I got feed my babies, so it wasn't about it. When when did um when did NWA come out with the fuck the police? It was like eighty eight. 89? So you were... Yeah, like 88. So you guys were in the, in the streets, but... Like, well, how was it... I was out of the streets then. By then. I was in the Army when they... You know what they was doing. I was in the Army from 87 to 92. Right. So Cause that's I had changed been. once. So I have so many chapters in my life. So, like, you know, I grew up. Then I was a drug dealer. Then I was in the Army. Then I was a police officer. Now I'm a, you know, two-time award-winning author, motivational speaker, whatever. I used to be a professor... So, like, I just closed chapters. So, the drug thing, it was easy for me to close it. I had changed already. I said, yo, I don't want to do this no more. I'm going to see my babies live. And that was it. <clears throat> so, I, it was no regrets. And <clears throat> a lot of people always ask me in interviews, like, how did your friends feel? Like, my friends was proud of me. Mm-hmm. Like, my man June, one of my main mans in the world, I remember being in the military, and he would send me letters. We would, he would write letters. He was locked up in Baltimore. Remember, he was down in Baltimore. And he would write me like, yo, life, yo, boo, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. You made it out. Yo, we're right. counting on you. We're counting on you to do good. But that's mm-hmm. how my team was. We, like, we was. It was really no jealousy and envy with us, man. We would just get money, having fun, messing with women. Just It was just crazy. And we had fun. So what do you but, think the, the Supreme Team run from start <clears throat> to ending? How, you, how long do you think that run was? A few, a, a few years. Yeah. I'm just saying few, that. A to few like, strong years. It wasn't. Strong. It wasn't long. Like I told you, I just yeah. told you the average. You a drug dealer? You get a three to five year run. Mm-hmm. Especially now, I mean, police know everybody. Two year. Right. They, they, now, now, right I'm just, now, right I'm, now, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, being, yeah. I'm being very yeah, liberal. Eighty two. Mm-hmm. That day when Catnam was out there in the projects. Yeah. So they run, they run, their run was from maybe before he got with them. They was running. They was already running. You got to think of how, how, how. Prem, he was he was from the streets. He, Prem was in the streets. You know, Prem was like a notorious stick-up kid. He was a notorious popular dude in the streets. So, you had in Forty Products, you had Fat Cat. And I mean, you had the Callies. So there was crews already on that side of town on the South Side that was already getting money. Potato right. Brothers, you know the Potatoes, Topic Montana. Oh, so Cats was yeah. getting money. So you already you already heard it in, in your ear about Prem South Side. Then you had it on, right. on, on on the North Side, which is Farmers, uh, Ronnie Bump, who. who uh, Descended from Pop Freeman, so right. it, it, it the game been going on a lot. The game always been going on before right. all of us. It's just mm-hmm. new players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Just different players came along players. and they became a conglomerate. Mm-hmm. Them young boys, Forty Projects, Basley Projects, they just became a conglomerate. So 81, 82, 83, 84, then crack came. Now it just right. boom. Now it's it's major free enterprise, but they still want to keep a hold on it. Right. So that's mm-hmm. when. Now you got to get your gangsta up. So yeah, Prince was that you dude. You couldn't control it. Prince so, was so that dude. Cat money. was that dude. Pappy yeah. was that dude. So now, just everybody getting money. It's major money now. Yeah. And them dudes were the dudes that had a stranglehold on that side of town. And it, I mean, like, you, got, like you said, you couldn't really approach them dudes, do none of them dudes, because it was like a hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it was like a hierarchy. You know, like like Bimmy was a lieutenant. You had they had lieutenants, they had captains, <laughs> they had soldiers. So it. You couldn't. You they couldn't be penetrated. Somebody was. Somebody was managing something. Somebody was yeah, watching. Absolutely. They had absolutely. a security so, team. That so used to always drive like around. micromanaging. That's what you. They yeah, they used to have so a security premium. They had a security team that rode around in a bulletproof van. Think about dude, with four this shooters, like, shotguns, <laughs> shotguns, AR fifteen. He's still like trying to figure it out. Like how? I'm not gonna lie. When I think of premium, 
I'm thinking about Get Rich or Die Trying. That's the first time I heard of them. Uh-huh. That was the well, first time I heard yeah, of them. Sorry, I'm not in these streets, all right? Uh-huh. So the first time I heard of them was Get Rich or Die Trying. Right, right. And seeing what was portrayed in that movie, I said, yeah. holy shit, like, this is what this guy came out of? Like, 50 of them? Yeah. By the way, do y'all have any affiliations? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we used to get my man Mike Nice. Shout out Mike Nice. He used to cut me and boo hair. Yeah, um, yeah, he he is what he is. He's real. He's mm-hmm. really serious, real. He's God from that. He's from that. He's from that gut. He's from that. He's from that gut. He's from that one, three, four. God, you boo. notice he calls him Boo. <laughs> boo, boo. Yeah, I, I, I knew that one. Yeah. I knew that. I knew that. Y'all ain't no. know that. Y'all ain't know that. Now, yeah, I knew boo that. Boo was the bully. Mm-hmm. Boo, <laughs> he's the businessman. <laughs> mm-hmm. So do you think, um, like, the fact that is Prima lo- around? He's locked up. Uh, the group. Supreme, now nah, they, Supreme they said that they took the whole team. So now down. I'm thinking, what I'm thinking is like, is the respect still there? Oh, yeah. like from the streets. Like, oh yeah, Prima's name is in infamy. Like, forget about it. <laughs> you still hear it in records. You still, yeah, you still, yeah. <laughs> they, you got Ghetto Quran, you know, Queens Reign Supreme. They write all these stories about these guys, man. It's, it is what it is. His name still rings bells to, to certain people, I guess. You being a cop, mm-hmm. have you ever arrested like somebody? You ain't want to, like, yeah, from yeah. around the way, like, yeah, man. facts. And they never like, how did that go? It was just it was business. This is business. This is what I do now. This is about my babies. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you gotta go. You commit the crime. You do the time. I. <laughs> this is about my babies. It wasn't nothing else. Like, Meanwhile, a couple of years ago, he, like he was a, out there. They didn't see you as like a traitor, like a. Nah, cause it was all. Dude. I can tell you, there's an NBA pl- basketball player, real nice, from out here in South Queens. His brother was a gangster, man. I locked him up like two or three times up in home. And he used to be like, yo, life. I said, yo, man, you keep like, doing stop? this, man. <laughs> I got things to do. Come on, man. Yeah, he keep because I was a lieutenant up in home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they come in with him. And be like, yo, life. I'm saying, yo, man, you here again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be saying my name every time you come <laughs> like you in here, man. I don't know you. You got me turning I don't know you. You got me turning affairs all over me. <laughs> but the connection. Also, like, you let, let about... him use the phone as long as he wanted to. That's but, all oh, I could do. <laughs> but also, what about Smooth? Hey, he was a correction officer, right? Yeah. Didn't mm-hmm. you run into some dudes that oh, you yeah. were out on the streets with, like? And they like, yo, dude, try to get a phone in here. Dude, try to get yeah, word. Like, yo, you can't get me yeah, some more. Yeah, but you, you, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. Once you do that, and you, your integrity is challenged, then it's a wrap. You know what I mean? Because now you can't feed your family because you're going to be in that side with them. So not right. too many people, anybody with some status wouldn't ask you that. Right. Anybody that was, that was, that was somebody wouldn't, wouldn't ask you to do that because they knew right. what you were trying to do now. They knew you were trying to feed your family. Mm. They knew that, that, part of your, that part of your life was over. Now that right. they set it up for you to be in there to go in there and work and they got some kind of design for you. But other than that, right. nobody was really asking oh, you that. Wow. Like I I got, yeah, because I'm I got, you probably see everybody that's getting swept up. Yeah. I was just talking, me, 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 life and Bimmy was together not too long ago. We was at a barbecue on our way to a barbecue. And I had to remind Bimmy of a story when Bimmy was in the back. And um, it was kind of compelling because when he was in there, I didn't know. When I came to work that morning, all the whispers was going on. Yo, 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 bend me down the eight block. Bend me down the eight block. Yo, you got to go down there. So when I go down there, when I get down there to go see him, you know, we start laughing and joking. But the 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 higher ups that I worked for had already went down there to see him. Mm-hmm. So it was already known that he was already coming once he left Central Booking. Now he was in there in one part of the building. Then there was another guy that was from Harlem that was with Rich Porter and, and Alpo and them that was in there. 
they made an arrangement for them two to meet outside by themselves and walk around in the yard by themselves. I was outside as the, as the uh, security officer outside in, <clears throat> at rec. Watching the whole band. Just outside while they were yeah. just them two. Normally, it's like 500 people outside. This particular morning, the warden only wanted him, Bimmy, and the other brother outside to talk to calm things down because the, it was, there was an uprising knowing that he, mm-hmm. this brother from Harlem was in there and Bimmy was in there, so they were just trying to make things... They so separate, like... Mm-hmm. They was trying to make it hot. Yeah, yeah. They were trying to make it hot. And mm-hmm. those two calmed it down. Well, what I feel like... Because back in the 80s, you got to think about... They were with the Supreme Team in the 80s in Queens. You got to think about Harlem, what was going Harlem, the Bronx. But I feel like in those neighborhoods, it was a probably one dude per, per block radius. In Southside, you had one controlling a whole team. It was a whole mm-hmm. team. Yeah. In Uptown, it was one dude controlling a block. You had another dude on another block, so it was more hustlers. Mm-hmm. And then it's like too many chiefs, not even like too many. How is it? Indian. Too many Indians, not enough chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was up there. Like it was running wild. So <coughs> I could imagine when dude was from all everything was just crazy because yeah. now yo something somebody got to control this shit. Yeah, we definitely had. Our, it was a definite hierarchy. You couldn't do nothing unless it went somebody up, up to the chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, meanwhile, these so, dudes up on the block, they the boss. They make the choice. You mm-hmm. had a, a chain of command. You got to understand, Supreme, smart, man. Smart guy. He could have been a Fortune 500 executive if he wanted to. Like, Supreme didn't want to... Don't... Ain't no fighting on the block. Ain't no gunplay on the block because you're going to make the block hot. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no fighting. Y'all want to fight, we go over to Nacy House in the basement. We had a boxing matches. We used to do that. People don't well, know that's about part it. of the books too. It's in the book, baby. Thousands yeah, you know of what? dollars. No, thousands, thousands of dollars was was, was spent on those boxing matches. I had I had to I had to go with my man Show a couple of rounds with my man Show one night. I remember that. But so like everything was like you know he would give out turkeys on the Thanksgiving, Christmas toys, pay people light bill, phone bells. Oh, it was like yo, right. Some Messiah over there. Oh, he was an icon. But right. everything, everything was low because he kept everything low. Right. But I feel like it was hard to keep low because the thing is when somebody's high on crack, they can't control that. Like, well, crackhead, crackhead be like, high, but crackhead ain't crazy. Well. Crackhead could be a high, but he know he get, <laughs> like he get crackhead get crazy. Stay high, stay high. Don't get crazy. I never heard that. Now nah, these was killers. These was this was it was oh. these was killers. They knew there was a line they couldn't cross. Yeah, it was, yeah. So they was violating and, and breaking in cribs and, and stealing VCRs and all that to get that get that blast. But they knew who they couldn't violate. They knew they knew not mm-hmm. to violate. Yo, so so now you're a cop, and then you become. I'm going to fast forward because I haven't read the book. Yeah. <laughs> but you become the first, let me see if I can word this right, the first black mm-hmm. executive. First black commanding officer of the 67 precinct. I almost had it. In East Flatbush, Brooklyn. All your skills. You executive like it's like since 1865. How do you get that? Like, well, I listen. can't see somebody from the streets with that street swag and that street slang. Next thing you know, it's like this professional next you know chief and fucking oh, oh yeah down. i know how to turn it on and turn it off man you got i'm a hustler man i know how to hustle man everything i've been doing my whole life is a hustle man i've been hustling my whole life so you gotta know when to turn it on and turn it off you gotta understand man i got i got a few degrees i got a few degrees i was a professor for six years Damn. i know to walk chew gum we could talk about the new york post or we could talk about like we could use big words like pseudo for like this barbe which is like a 17 letter word 
for shaving bumps. Yeah, we can do that. And pseudo, pseudo spelled with a P. Remember, pseudo spelled with a P. You know, <laughs> so we can do we can do all of that. So what happened is, Police Commissioner Ray Kelly took a liking to me because he saw something in me, and obviously he had to speak to chiefs that was below him, captains, inspectors, to see like, Yo, what's what's up with this guy, Corey Pegues? You gotta understand. The front of that book, that picture of me, is when I made Captain. Mm-hmm. I was only 13. I was one of 13 black executives in the NYPD. It was 40,000 people in the police department. I was wow. able to tell 39,987 people what to do when I had that picture right there. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So I was one of 13. So when it's time to start doing chess pieces and move people around, he only had 13 blacks right. that he had to move around. And so Sean Bell got shot 44 times or whatever, however many shots it was. And Ray Kelly was like, yo, we got to put some black people in position. Yeah, we gotta, oh, no. And we got to do it tonight. <laughs> like, what's up with this mm-hmm. dude, Pegues? He's been out there for like right. a year. Is he ready for his own command? And then my bosses was like, he ready. I remember a white chief came to me, Chief Marino, grabbed me and was like, yo, Police commissioner's office calling me and asked me if you're ready to run your own show. He said, I told him you're ready. Don't let me down. I said, I got you, boss. So Yo, I feel like this that. is something like, yeah. I feel like in the movie Bad Boys, I feel like Martin <laughs> was telling him, Yo, you will. You ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a movie yeah. show. That's you what ready it was. I swear. They call me. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. And um, I mean, I just always, you know, I was, as a cop, it was so easy for me to be a police officer. Because bridging the gap between the community police was so easy for me. I was a few years removed from being in the streets. It wasn't even just selling drugs. You know, I'm work- I was commanding officer of PSA 2, Public Service Area 2. I had all the products in East New York, Crown Heights, and um, Brownsville. And Brownsville, I think, right. is the most violent place in the city of New York. I had all the even, projects even there. Even now, too. Of course even it now. is. I had all the projects, so I know it. It was easy for me to maneuver around them. And you know, I would walk through. You gotta understand, this is like seven, eight, nine years ago. I looked a little. I had no gray hair. You know, I always kept my face shaved, no mustache, no beard. Yeah, I was looking young, and I came to work with a suit and tie every day. And people used to be like, "Damn, you, you running this show? You serious?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm running this. Yeah. We here yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got these jobs too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had, like yeah, and, and we so, could get the jobs. Exactly. <laughs> it was easy for me to maneuver around those communities and um. I, I was very successful. I had a great run, man. I did 21 years as a cop. It was good. Rose to, you know, executive level. It was good. I had a ball. Now, seeing everything that's happening now, but you're no longer a part, or can retired cops have a word in the unit? I'm just saying in the sense of, like, all this police brutality and everything that's going on all over the world. Like, what's your take on it? Oh, my take is uh, what we just seeing stuff that been happening for years. You gotta understand, social media changed the game. So if that man could talk, you mind? You know what I mean? The innocent black and Hispanic males are dead on cops. And you gotta understand the narrative. Cops used to control the narrative. Right. They'll say they'll come out do a press conference and say he reached for a gun. He did mm-hmm. this. He did that. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. giving the cops the benefit of the doubt. Say, oh, the cops like, like they yeah, did you it. Guys gotta be honest. They right. Trust them. Okay. But now. Yeah. They can't change the narrative no more. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, remember, I was a cop, so I remember I was in those meetings where they say, listen, this is the story we're going with. You got it? You got it? We got mm-hmm. it? We can ready to go to the cameras. Everybody got the story? Boom. Now they go do the story. They can't do that today with, with mm-hmm. video camera. 
Because you're saying, nah, I'm not going to say that. Uh-uh, mm-hmm. I saw that video. <laughs> you yeah. on your own. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. My career is on the line. Yeah. So the narrative have changed, which I, I think is good. I think it's good. I think policing is slowly but surely starting to change. I just wish some of these punk-ass cops that see things going on and they don't speak up. I wish they would speak out a little more. But I get it. I guess, you know, Whoa. they scared. They always want to be like. I never wanted to be liked as a cop. I always was an outsider. They used to always be like, yo, Pegeese, yo, don't do nothing in front of Pegeese. Don't say nothing because he telling everything. I used to tell him, look, y'all ain't going to do no investigations. Who right. said it? I'm telling. You hit somebody in front of me, I'm telling. Internal affairs. You beat somebody up, I'm telling. So mm-hmm. I always stood my ground as a very early age as, as a cop. So, But you stood for keeping it right. Yeah. yeah I always keep it. Yeah. He know my hashtag, <laughs> keep it right, not real. He's like, he looked at me, he saw he got the wink like, keep it in, right? I always right. kept it right. And you know, that whole hashtag is about you know, when you was younger, even y'all, mm-hmm. your parents always told you the right thing. And then hip-hop came along. It was like, yo, son, I keep it real. Snitches get stitches. And I'd be like, nah, I keep it right. You do something in front of me, I'm telling. So mm-hmm. we're going to be clear. I remember going to roll call. Y'all see, y'all know what roll call yeah. is when a cop, the boss stand in front of talking. I would go there and be like, listen, if somebody do something tonight, I'm telling. So we... Mm-hmm. Let's be clear. No investigations. <laughs> He's like, God it damn came it. from me. Brutality. But I did that because... If I put that out there, then maybe those cops would go out there and do the right thing. Right, right. Because they scared. It's like, yo, he, he telling everything. Mm. And that's why I did it. It wasn't to be a snitch. It Don't was they have, to... like, a mafia within the cops, too? Like, you yeah, talking about wall. that blue wall? Yeah, I've been watching movies, and it's like... No, it's like wall. it goes back to, like, the Serpical days, too. Because Serpical was trying to do the right thing. Uh-huh. No, Dude, but they the set him up to get shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he the got black, shot in the face. Me and him just did a press conference with Kaepernick. Word, a few weeks ago We did nice. a big press conference like It was cool We did a um, press conference 100 law and black and Hispanic law enforcement officers Who support Kaepernick mm-hmm. And Serpico was a guest star We brought him out And he spoke out So it was a nice thing yeah, Serpico was a legend Yeah, yeah He, he was, was a legend. legend He was one of the t- One of the First, I don't know if he was the first, but one of the biggest whistleblowers in the yeah in the game. Yeah, he came out uh, you way watch before Al Pacino plays him. Al Pacino yeah. plays everybody. You <laughs> gonna play him next? <laughs> Al Pacino, imagine. You gonna play? Al Pacino. He's gonna play the Corey Pagui story. No, but um, my whole thing is like, I commend you on your story, even though it's fake. Because <laughs> I mean, it's not fake. I know it's real. What I'm saying is, what are the chances of a life story like this? Like. This is meant to be like a, a movie, a documentary. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's shout out that documentary, A Cop and Robert Story. Please make sure y'all follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, A Cops and Robert Story. Please, we've been shooting since um last spring. That's we a dope ass name. Yeah, it's called A Cops and Robert Story. As a matter of fact, we just, the Sundance Film Festival, if y'all know anything about movies, Sundance mm-hmm. Film Festival is, is the is biggest Park film festival. Yes, it's the biggest film festival in the world, and they just um, picked up my movie, my documentary. They just nice. gave us a few hundred thousand dollars. Um, I, well, you know, I don't know how much money, but they picked. Uh, <laughs> it's they picked all speculations. It's, it's all speculation. All speculation. But shout out to my um, director, Linka. Shout out to her sister, Mara, the executive producer of the film. We shooting. We've been shooting all over Queens. Shooting all over Brooklyn. We we start back shooting um, in September. And of course, you know, do Sean Do is the co-star, and um, it's gonna be crazy. We getting a tremendous amount of buzz. We was just at the IFP Independent Film Project, 
three weeks ago in Brooklyn, my own film was rated the number one documentary. It's gonna be crazy, and we're getting a lot of Hollywood interest right now for like a movie, like okay, or, or like a TV series, Yo, like Power Empire. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't need to play a big role. And I don't do this to guests. <laughs> Jonathan always does this to guests. Like, yo, put me on your mixtape. And I'd be like, nigga, this nigga mixtape don't get hurt by three people. But this nigga talking about a movie. This is when I'm going to speak up and be like, yo, look. Yeah. I could be the nigga at the bodega. Just nah, Alex could be the crack. <laughs> <laughs> Anything. <laughs> just get me on yo, that movie. Yo, look at Chris movie, Rock. Hey, Chris Rock. Get me hey. on that movie. Chris Rock, you never know. You yeah. never know. I know who's playing you if you make a movie, son. Lorenz Tate. You don't think he look like oh, Lorenzo? He does look like a yeah. younger Lorenzo. Everybody, like Everybody say that. Everybody yeah. say that. Everybody yeah. say yeah. Lorenzo. We got it. Look at him right there. I was about yeah. to be like, ain't that Lorenzo? But Lorenzo is not young. Especially right he there. Just, he just ages well. But especially that picture right that there. That picture right there, right there yeah. I, I don't see nobody else. That is like. That's crazy. His life is not a dead so president. <laughs> once you retire, do you feel like people were like, yes, get that black motherfucker out of the fuck out of here? Oh, of course. Yeah. They, they was ready to push me out. I mean, listen, I was. I was bucking the system. I always did the right thing, spoke out. You got to understand, I was what I call a cop on usual. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm from hip-hop. I'm mm-hmm. straight hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I'm walking in the precinct with a crazy diddy bop. I got <laughs> tattoos on my neck. I had cornrows down on my back. It's just I talk with a little slang here and there. I could flip it up mm-hmm. however they want. They never even seen anything like me. It was just right. crazy. You remember... Well, I made sergeant and I went and got assigned into the book into the 81st precinct. I was driving a BMW X5 then. Me, I said, yo, dude, come with me. I got to change my locker to take it to the precinct. He came with me. We pull up to the precinct, blasting some hip-hop, crazy hip-hop, or whatever the song, hottest joint was. We go in the precinct. I think I got Yankee fitted on to the back, one roll leg up, on sweatpants worn up. And we go to the desk, and it's two white guys, a lieutenant and a sergeant. And I go, yo, I'm the new sergeant, man. I need a locker. And the sergeant looked at me like I was freaking crazy. <laughs> of course. Hey, and I, like, showed you him my ID. I showed him my ID. He was looking like, yo, you bugging. You ain't working here. <laughs> and lieutenant looking, i never forget, Tommy Hall is his name. And he looked at the sergeant and was like, you heard what he said. Get up and go show him the locker. Mm. And dude started busting out laughing. <laughs> dude was like, yo, we made it. Yeah, we here, baby. <laughs> That shit must feel good. Yeah. It's just got to be a crazy feeling. Yeah. Where the sergeant's locker room? But I got that. I mean, you got to understand. And that's why I always tell young um, black and Hispanics, like, everybody say, F the police. They don't want to be down with the police. I said, yo, if, you don't, if we don't have a voice, we never in the room. You got to understand. I was one of the few black people in the, I was in high-powered meetings. I remember being in a meeting in Ray Kelly's office with, um, like, four or five white chiefs and me but they gotta watch their mouth because i'm in the room right but if you if we're not putting ourselves in positions to be in the room they're gonna make policy and do whatever they want to do without your input but i feel Mm -hmm. me not being black being hispanic but Mm -hmm. outside i'm black it's the same (laughs) it's the same shit no i mean all my life is like yo i can't tell a cop hey i'm spanish too late now like whatever the case is but Mm -hmm. it's just it Demotivates us, that's the word, right? Like, it doesn't spark that. Like, you said that we got to be in the room, but it's more like earlier you said, you know, now social media, we got it on camera and shit. Mm-hmm. But it seems like even that's not even helping. Exactly. Like, that Facts. shit's it's more like we're giving up. Like, nah, but we can't give up. You know, and I was a major advocate for video until I saw Eric Garner get murdered oh, on camera and not anything happened. But it took me a minute to realize that that's one piece of the pie. At least. 
it's one piece. We need that. Mm-hmm. We at least need that video. Right. Because if we at least have that video, we might be able to get a lawyer who's sharp enough to at least get the jury to believe it's like, that this, in fact, it's like it's happened yeah, and somebody should yeah. go to jail. Yeah. But if we don't have a video, yeah. remember, they we had a video. Yeah. It's your word against a cop mm-hmm. word, and the community is always going to give the cops the benefit. Just think about this. It's the only profession in the United States where the citizens give the, the cops the right to take a life if imminent deadly physical force is being used against you or somebody else imminently. That means right now I got a pistol to his head and I'm got to kill him. And you're a cop, you can shoot me in my brain. You understand what I'm saying? Hmm. No, doctors, lawyers, they kill people. Doctors kill people every single day. Right. But nobody don't hate doctors when they kill somebody. But if a cop kill one person, every cop in America, that next job they go to, they be like, yo, punk-ass cop. Y'all killed that person up in New York. They be like, y'all working Boise, Idaho. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so it's a, it's a heavy, heavy responsibility duty when you take on that profession. If you're not ready for it, don't even do it. Because McDonald's is always hiring, on, at least on the hamburgers, all uh, the time. They always hiring. But also, going back to that, I'm just giving you my take on yeah, yeah, things yeah. out here. I'm not right. going against you. But as well as you say, oh, if one cop all the way over there fuck up mm-hmm. and another cop all the way fuck, over here fuck up, it's not. it still doesn't justify it. It's more like, look, two cops got away. Eric mm-hmm. Gardner got murdered on camera. Philander, yeah. same shit. And it was like, then these guys are walking away free. So it's to us, what we see it as the people that are being uh, victimized. And yeah. like we're seeing it as like, yo, nowhere is like, are we going to get justification or like, are we going to win a case? Or you know what? See, see, this is the problem with police and that y'all don't understand. And they need to, in this podcast, we're going to let them know because they're all going to hear this podcast. Cops got this little thing called if they was in fear of their life. They could use the deadly physical force. I had an argument with you, a cop that. You I had, a, like I had fear. an argument like, with a yeah, police exactly. officer. <laughs> so you can't, what is fear? You can't quantify the yeah, fear. Yeah, yeah. What was is fear, fear for you? Was fear for me? Was, a, was, was fear a, for you? There was a documentary on Netflix and recently about something sent to Isolate. You understand? That the dude, you know, you've seen that? That was, that was deep. You had to watch that documentary. So no matter what, if he, he he's fearing for his life. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's going to keep his job. He'll probably get fired. But he won't go to jail. He'll probably get suspended with right. It's happening. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I listen. I'm just glad that I got out of there (laughs) with all my fingers and toes. But think about it. What about remember this documentary? Another. I've watched Mad Documentary. Yeah. Uh, What's that one with Michael Dahl? You mentioned in the book. Imagine it was cameras around when he was doing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well. Imagine if it was that. I just actually had lunch with him not long ago, about six months ago. It's crazy. Like, imagine he That's was a crazy dude. Wait, were you on the field with Rodney King? While Rodney King was happening? Yeah, I was in the police academy with Rodney King. What was what was going through your mind then? Oh, man, it was crazy. We was in the police academy. We were scared to death. Like, oh, man, what the hell is going on? Yeah, that was, that was another bad one where the people got let off. But you know, sometimes that's why like OJ got off, so let, <laughs> let off because of that. Yeah, here's my <laughs> thing. Here's my thing that when we see this happening, right? Nothing, at least to me, nothing makes. But I know what they're doing, why they're doing it. But nothing makes my blood boil more than while these things are happening, and there's a black cop, like just standing down, saying "fuck it." 
you know? Oh, punk ass black police. That thing like gets me you. like, yo, you really just letting that go? Like, because at not... the end of the day, it's above the badge. It's, it's about human moral. It's like it's another human. Yeah, but it wasn't like, like that for me. That's and like I said, you know, I was with a hundred blacks in law enforcement with um Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, mm -hmm. um Noel Leader, and a, a few other people. Like we was fighting. We was fighting. You know, Latinos Officers Association. We won a ninety million dollar lawsuit against the police department. They gave me a mm -hmm. check for like $35,000 for racial discrimination. That's in like 96, 97. We've been fighting. So I was with a core group of people, Tony Miranda, Rob Gonzalez, my man. We was fighting the system mm -hmm. way back then. We was fighting the system. And so right. there's some young, there's some brothers and sisters that fight the system, but uh, most of these black and Hispanic cops, I'm telling you, they go along to get along. I'm t I was there, I'm telling you. They just want to come home. They right. want to go home. They want to collect the checks. Because when you like me, when you taking that stand, so now I'm used to being in the room and nobody talking to me. They be like, oh, here this guy go. But I wasn't there to talk to nobody. I don't care about talking to nobody. Mm -hmm. I was there to take care of my family. That's all I was. And remember, I was a hustler. So I knew the difference between a cop and a captain was 50-something thousand now. So I was focused. I was locked in. I'm going to the top. I'm gonna make that 150, 200,000 dollars a year. That's all. I was focused. I'm not trying to be your friend. I won't go to your parties, your bar mitzvahs, your weddings. I ain't, uh -huh. your I ain't trying to do. Get us. <laughs> I'm not trying to do none of that. See. So then, after finally retiring, a cop, you did it. You survived the streets. Went to the army. Survived that. Went and went on become to become a cop. What comes next? So after that, I did. Can I say? Can I say Combat yeah, Jack? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, So when I retired, yeah, yo, listen. shout out to Reggie O. Say my man, my man, Entertainment. Y'all know here, Entertainment Attorney too. So him and my lawyer was um Entertainment Attorneys together. So oh, I know where we heading with the story. Go after ahead, go I retired, <laughs> after retired, I tried to do um. I said, listen, I want to write my book, which y'all don't know for the listeners. I kept a journal every year. As a police officer, I kept a journal, the yearbook. You know how you go to the yeah. staples, you get the books with the years mm -hmm. on them? Mm -hmm. And I kept a story. Every time something happened, I kept a story, kept a story. I said, yo, I got to write a book. So I got injured. I had a back surgery. And I was in the hospital, and I, I asked the you. doctor, what's up, man? Can I go back to being a cop? He was like, yeah, you need to find another profession. My second thing was like, yo, can I play, still play golf? He was like, yeah, you can play golf, but you ain't going to be a cop no more. I was like, all right, cool. So I told my wife, bring your lap, bring my laptop. I sat in the hospital. And I started writing my story. I swear to you, I ended up with like 275 pages. I wrote my story, and then it was like, yo, let me shop this deal now. So my man Ed Woods, you know, he done represent, did deals with Jay Z, Puffy, everybody. And um, so I said, yo, man, we gotta get this deal, man. Let's write this book. And he was like, yo, your story is crazy. Let's do it. And we start shopping the deal. Nobody ever gonna get the deal. And he introduced me to Reggie, Combat Jack, one night. His wife got a restaurant. Shout out to the Krabby Shack in Brooklyn. Yeah. We was at the Krabby Shack, and I met Reg. And he was like, yo, you need to come on my podcast. I'm like, yo, who the hell is Combat Jack? Who, who <laughs> That's when he do? was first coming up. Yeah. yeah. He was like, yo, my show is crazy. You crazy? I got the number one podcast in America in hip-hop. I was like, all right, just bring me on. And I went on there, and I told my story. And I talked about how Eric Garner was murdered. How I knew David McClary who killed Eddie Burns, and like that with those two things, it was just crazy. Right, 
you you going against the team. Man. I was going against the team. They fed that story to the New York Post, and I woke up like two weeks later. I was on the front page of the New York Post. Stug Cop. Stug Cop. You're like, wait a minute. You start thinking about it. When does this happen? Mm-hmm. How, how do you walk around that? Like, it was cool no. for me because I, I knew I was going to go on combat. I started researching. I knew he had a heavy farmer. I said, if I jump out the window, as long as I have a parachute on, I'm good. I knew I was going to get some backlash, but I didn't know I was going to be on the front page of no newspaper. Right. That, I, that I did not anticipate. And um, what people don't know about that is that came out on a Monday at like 6 in the morning, 2 o'clock. Ed is calling me. My lawyer said, yo, we signed with a book agent right now. We ain't talking uh, to nobody else. Uh, and a week after that, I sat in a conference room with the biggest publishers in the world, Simon & Schuster, Random House, Doubleday. The top 10 publishers in the world was bidding on my story. And all this chaos was I was in the newspaper for five days And people was like Yo People thought I lost my pension I'm losing my house My cars People was Because they didn't know But all the while I'm out here working People was offering me Major deals For this book deal Mm -hmm. And people didn't know that If they only knew If they only knew (laughs) So we just wrote it out Like yo Let them think you dirty Whatever Say I knew Never in the history of the NYPD have they taken anybody's pension. What people don't know is they send checks to um, prisons every month for people that's retired and they like murdered their wife or whatever. They what? still get a pension. Yeah. They get a pension. Damn, you retired. <laughs> you retired. Yeah. Like, you can't, uh, I kill somebody after retire, you take my pension. Nah, it don't work like that. Mm. So I already knew my pension was locked in. I was just trying to get some buzz, but I, I, I went about it the wrong way. I didn't know. That it was going to go well, The other thing people don't know I'm at Combat Jack We had about three or four bottles of champagne We were just We were just Bobbing talking out. Yeah Combat was just going yeah, yeah. in And my lawyer came in on the end Like what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit well, too we late We don't have yeah. champagne yet but <laughs> Soon come When next time you come up here Yeah <laughs> man Them black bottles man Y'all got them black bottles on deck oh. <laughs> Come on I told you too I, I knew that I forgot this in the car Hold on I'll be right Back. Well, well, go, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. So, but no, so we got that book deal, and um, you know the PBA, the Police Benevolent Association, they was talking a lot of stuff. They was like, yo, who, well, whoever signed him to a deal, we're boycotting. We're gonna be in front of the office. And yo, it's funny because mm-hmm. my book agent was like, yo, I dared him to come. Like the publishing, in the book world, they're like. Nobody's yeah. gonna tell us we're not putting out no book. I wish the police it's would a come whole out. Different, it's a different it's a whole different. They was like, different. you know, different. Much they, they knew the different. buzz. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah. wanted they more buzz. Get yeah, more yeah, buzz. Know. Let them come out. We could get more buzz. Animal. Yeah, it's a <laughs> whole different animal. And then, so it was a two-year process of the book, rewriting the book. We had to rewrite editors it. You know, editors and everything, bringing lawyers on the team and everything. And a week after the book came out, you know, I was, I was getting cut. Well. You know, the big thing was me being on the, on the Trevor no the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know how big his show was. Yeah, I know yeah. John Stewart was on the show, and he's a big deal. But Trevor Noah brought me on the show, and then I just started getting a whole bunch of Hollywood interest. That's how I ended up getting signing this deal with Vernon Films for the documentary. How much um, have we generated? What off this book? The book? Oh, the book I was t- nice. We, we had nice. We nice. The book. Yeah, they gave me a nice. You see the jewels? You see the jewels? Nah, this this pre book, baby. This rollies. I got a couple of rollies. This pre book. This pre book. Nah, we we did good. They gave us a nice advance, and we out there. We pushing the book. You know. Well, I'm gonna tell you one thing. 
Paperback is out. So most people, they drop a hardcover. They're not doing a paperback unless the book is selling. So the paperback came out. So, you know, usually a hardcover come out, and then a year later the paperback come out. Mm -hmm. So the paperback is out. Numbers is good. We doing, I'm still working. We living. Just came from D.C. from doing uh, Congressional Black Caucus and some, some book signings. We working. Touchdown at Aqua. Did you get your book signed? Not yet. Of course. He's going to get it signed. He's going to get it signed. Can I get my, my iPhone book app signed? Yeah. <laughs> it's a hey, tiny screen. 2017, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got that that, that Audible book, though, because yeah. it's crazy. Because I mean, if you're willing to listen to my voice for 11 hours, get the audio book. <laughs> no, but it's not bad. But I mean, it's good because well, it's, it's good in, my, in my voice, I know how to inflect when I say, yo, we ran into the drug spot, pulled a gun, you know, like I can inflect. Mm-hmm. I know how to do it to make it but sound it's like, like, listening, it's like it's, But it's like listening to a long extended podcast because that's what it of is. Of course. Okay. That's of what course. it is. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. listen to it in a few, you know, like a week, you'll finish it. Hour, day or two hours, whatever. I mean, oh, that's an idea. He should be having his own podcast too. He should. Yeah. But well, I'm, I'm thinking about that's that. Next. No, I'm that's seriously next. thinking about that. You could do that. I keep telling Kyle about your man. Stop it. We all edit. We all set it up. Be the people to, in the background. Yeah, we need to do, we need to do a podcast. I need to do a podcast based on like current issues. Like I'm thinking about my second book now. I'm thinking about looking at like the last 10 incidents right. involved. Like, you know, from Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, Tamir Rice, all of that, and and write about those incidents, and then give my perspective on what should have happened, what I believe should have happened. So that's you know, I'm thinking on that right now. But a podcast would be crazy. What would have happened? Yeah. What should have happened was right. I don't know, man. I don't know how these white people could just watch these videos and be okay with it. Like, I just, it's, 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 a it's, it's a different. It's, it's a different. Like the other day, I was talking to my girl about that. Like my girl, she's white, so we drive through Sell Corona. Sell out. Huh? Yo, you can't be <laughs> So we drive we drive nah, to Corona. He, he likes to play around like that. <laughs> so we drive to Corona. She's like, why are they standing on the corner? And I broke it down. Even in the book you mentioned, people don't have front yards. People have fucking buildings. They're in buildings. Mm-hmm. It's like imagine living in a one bedroom apartment with mm-hmm. new like four brothers. Mm-hmm. You have no listen that mind, you're gonna be outside. Right. You're gonna be chilling. And then it got deeper and I expect like she didn't understand about oh all criminals should be locked up but i was like okay you don't understand their their situation how what if he has a kid his mom has cancer something happening he needs to feed the family she's gonna start being on the streets being they outside won't. she wouldn't understand. She, no no she she after i put it that way mm. she understood it but the way they've seen it before is like oh they're criminals they should be locked up throw right. them in jail Fuck that. The throw them under the jail until you explain it that way they're like oh Okay, but they just be thinking people just wake up to be a yeah, criminal. So yeah, white, people, meanwhile, white people might see Meanwhile, from the on outside. Wall Street, the white people are raping what? us on yeah. Wall Street. What? White collar crime. Dude, you see us. your check every day. Just like the raped. shit that just happened in um, Las Vegas. Like, like, I don't really be getting into these things because lately this world. It's got, too sensitive. God, like, we no, can't no, no, say I'm talking about all the events that's happening. Oh, okay. Like from Times Square, that guy that ran over all those people. Yeah, that's why I'm going nowhere. If it's a crowd, I'm people. done. I'm done with concerts, plays, yeah. all that. I ain't going. I'm yeah. for my life now. So you know I'll be I won't be at these raves. Yeah, I won't be in no crowds, man. You know I'll be at these raves. You be at but the raves. I'll be at these festivals. Like nah, so I'm doing this shit from home. But now. think about it. Like but yeah, yeah, you be seeing that all those shit, all this shit happening. But like seriously, like. The one that bothers me now is the Vegas one. 
mainly because I was at that hotel. Shout out to the Mandalay. Yeah. Uh, but it bothers me that they're not calling it a terrorist attack. Like, what the fuck does it take for a white person to do to call it a terrorist? Yeah. You like, know, fact, that, well, you know, so a terrorist attack got to be like, well, you based, it's based on wanting to commit a terrorist act to a certain group of people. You understand? Uh, country people. So, yeah, but well, listen, they're not making it fit. We all know. I've been, if you mm-hmm. watch my social media, my Twitter, everything, I've been doing right. from the day it happened. This mm-hmm. is a terrorist. I don't want to hear nothing about no law. Because yeah, if yeah. that was a Muslim, if yeah. East Indian, oh, guarantee yeah. you Trump would have been all over the news saying it's a terrorist. So I don't want to hear he anything. Been, he would have been we got to call him. <laughs> it would have yeah. been a rat. You got to call a spade a spade. That's what it is. But you know, we got a lot of blacks and Hispanics voting for Trump. So y'all got what y'all want. Y'all, y'all got them. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to hear that just white people put him in office. That's y'all, true, yeah. Y'all put him in. Y'all we tipped him over. Job. Y'all tipped we the square. We had one job. We all had a march. Yeah. And, all, those and yo, it is what it is. But so we got to deal with this it, for four years. And this is the mentality yeah. now. Make America Great Again is is a slogan for Make America White, white Again. White again. Hell yeah. That's just what Hell it is. Yeah. Yeah. And if you didn't you see know, through that from day one, shame but, on but you. But you know what, though? Like, you see it. Like, for instance, me and Andrew, we work together. And we the only dudes, me and Andrew always be outside. Andrew can tell we outside, we and I we always talk be amongst us. I'm like, Andrew, we gotta work harder than them. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they might they're gonna like I'm not gonna say my I'm not gonna put my code because they be listening to this shit. But mm-hmm. you know, we gotta work harder than our counterparts than our African um American mm-hmm. counterparts. Mm-hmm. We gotta just by default because they'll see us they'll be like, oh they're typical. Mm-hmm. If I fuck up a typical Spanish person, typical I mean, this. Typical that they waiting my, for that. My so you cannot now, give them that. That's the problem. You my job give now them is me, the one Spanish guy, sitting in an office with about seven other white guys that control mm-hmm. about eighty Spanish people. I do construction, mm-hmm. you know, South American. Yeah. And I'm not gonna down talk my job, but there's one guy in particular, and the way he talks about like. I don't care if he gets paid or not. It's like, yo, dude, like you have no idea what we go through, do you? Right. <laughs> like, but it's like they don't. Like they don't care. They don't, and they don't need to work hard. Like they, they're privileged. So it's privilege. White yeah. privilege is a mother. That's yeah. why I always took care every every black and Hispanic that works for me, yo, I took care of them, tried to make them feel comfortable, a part of the team. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And even the people that didn't look like me, you know, the white guys, I treated everybody fairly. You know what I'm saying? And that's just what it is. But everybody not like that. White privilege is crazy. It is what it is. And this is America. I mean, you know, policing started on slavery with slave patrols, you know, to pick up black runaway slaves. And then, you know, they great-grandfathers passing that down, 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 down. And we wonder why policing in the black and Hispanic community is the way it is today. Mm -hmm. These are old stories. I'm first-generation police. You know, my daughter's a cop now. My nephew's a cop. But um, I'm first-generation. You know, I wrote in the book. And they be calling me the N-word at work. Like, (laughs) get over here, nigga, nigga. I said, man, who the hell do you think you're talking to? It was crazy. It was crazy Mm -hmm. back then. But I always was focused, like, yo, I'm going to be your boss. I knew it. 
And I had this white sergeant tell me, you you don't want to be a boss. You want we want you to come be an undercover and buy drugs. I was like, hey, crazy. Really? All the drugs I sold the white, all the drugs I sold the white boys in Murdoch Avenue and went on the street. You telling me I gotta be the only black? (laughs) You you want me to go in Queensbridge to buy drugs? I don't worked in Queensbridge for three years, and now you want me to go in here and think they ain't gonna know who I am? You got your damn mind. Come on, yeah, you trying to kill me? Come on, you out here? They might be like, oh, you back out here? Exactly. They might think you back out here. Oh, I know. He's like, I know the police department. I know you're gonna be back. That shit didn't go well for you. Nah, that wasn't gonna happen. But listen, man, we all just gotta make choices. I was but, always focused on. But quick doing back, right. like take it back to the '80s when you were let's out there. We fast Where, forward to the '17s, going back now. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, let's Where do was it. the 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 Spanish people involved? Like, where were they in the neighborhood? Like, yeah. where were the they? Wetbacks. Like. Yeah. yeah, everything. Like, where was yeah. it? Like, all the way the Dominicans with the mm-hmm. Mexicans, what mm-hmm. they were doing at the time. So I'm gonna tell you. So in the '80s, and I write about it in a book. So in my neighborhood, I grew up in St. Norman's, Queens. There was no Spanish there. It was mostly 98% black community. Um, I had a couple of Spanish, not a lot. But I used to go uptown to buy drugs to the Dominicans up on um, Convent, 135th Street, Amsterdam, right. 135th. A.K. Gramsterdam. They, yeah, they had it all <laughs> a lot. Right now, you know there's million dollar homes yeah, over yeah. there. Yeah. Yo, I used yeah. to go there like 16, 15, 16 million due to buy major drugs. From the, they had it on like they even speak as English. They act like they ain't speak. <laughs> I know they knew English. I knew they knew English. <laughs> it's like speaking about that. You know what's funny though? Because the first time I brought Alex here, we Dude, they knew how to count they money. Were like, yeah, they were like, "Yo, y'all know Alex is a poppy." And uh-huh. like, what? He's Spanish? I'm like, yeah. And it'd be a lot of Dominicans uh-huh. that were blending in. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, damn, it was funny. We used to go up there, man, and buy all of these drugs. Like, we was like 16, and they would search you on the middle of the block when you get to the block. Like, we would go to 135th in Amsterdam Yo, to buy drugs. Yo, think about drug. it, though. Imagine and a cop sees somebody <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on, man? No, the <laughs> cops Imagine you in the middle looking. of the block. I think that's the dirty, nigga. <laughs> nah, that's the dirty 30 precinct. That's it was crazy. getting paid off. It was a major scandal there. They was all getting paid off. Like, I worked with the Supreme Team. We was giving a cop $15,000 a week. So everybody was getting paid. Right. But that's they were searching. Yeah. Oh, the 7-5. Seven 7-5. Five. Seven five. They was, they was searches in the middle of the street. But that's so crazy. So couldn't, we couldn't even take our guns. We had to leave our guns in a taxi cab and go. Like, we would buy, like, 300 vials of crack, 10 hours of you know, a vow. So we go in there with like three, four thousand dollars, whatever it was, and like, like babies. We was like sixteen, fifteen, going to buy drugs from Dominicans. From cartels and shit. Like. Cartels. <laughs> but they was cool, like except for the one time in the book. But yeah, uh, you'll read that. But it's cool to say. <laughs> oh, it's cool right. to say. <laughs> you got the Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you gotta have to get that book, but I, I know how the documentary is gonna work out. If this yeah, shit's not on Netflix, don't watch it. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have this shit on Fox, and it's gonna be like, yeah. and that's when the Dominican return. <laughs> <laughs> now, yo, I'll be mad honestly, and when it gets to that point in the movie, yeah. if it's like the movie, the show Narcos, you guys watch Narcos? Mm-hmm. No, There's a scene life. where the Colombians they go to. Oh, the Dominicans are moving to t- their neighborhood. Colombians, yeah, that's where we used Yo, to buy drugs from the Colombians. They, 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 the actors that play Dominicans, I'm like, dude, that dude is a Mexican comedian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, get that motherfucker they got out George of here. Lopez like, in your movie, I don't want to see fucking George yeah. Lopez. That's the fucking nah, head. Everybody yeah. Listen, man, I'm telling you, man, this documentary, I'm 
promised you it was gonna be crazy. And for me, the reason and y'all didn't ask me that question, what made me write the book? I wrote the book. That was coming. That's why I say, yo, you want to revert back to the 80s? Nah, it's cool because I always like, I wrote this book because I just wanted the Pegasus generation, like my kids and stuff, Mm -hmm. starborn, my sons and them, my great grands and all that. When I'm dead and gone, they're going to know my story and they're going to know not to make the same mistakes I did. I didn't know it was going to bubble to what it is today. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to write a book. Like, yo, I want to write a book. I ain't no writer. I just. Grabbed my laptop and I was, you know, you see in high school. Yeah. I went to, to um typing and I passed. Yeah, yeah I, I, I type I, about Luton, fifty Luton, words. Luton was known for that yeah. back in the day. Luton I type about 50, 50 words a minute. Yeah, that's so why I learned so how to type. Easy type for me Luton, to yeah. <laughs> type. I, right. I heard like, yo, that was exactly. I had a customer. She's asking me, she's typing. She's like, yo, you took typing class. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's the only thing I got out of Newtown. Yeah. A S D F J K L semicolon. I never forget that. Yeah. The home screen is in the middle. The first exactly. Piece. So everything is there. Home. Yeah. Return back. That's, that's what you got to do. And so I was just. I just want to put my story. I didn't even know for sure if I was gonna get a book deal. I just felt that I had the story. That because this is a, thousands of kids selling drugs and gangs, and they think they're doing it. And I wanted to just like them know, yo, this is my story. This, I did all of this. I made it here. You might not make it here. But if you want to transition, like, these are things that you're going to have to do to transition in your life. And that's what it was about. That's why I'm happy to be able to go around the country right. and talk to kids all the time. And every time I talk, it's, yo, I got to email y'all my introduction. Oh, shit. Oh, I got an introduction oh, video shit. that I, I Damn, put out we... before I speak. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I think I see it's on you, YouTube, is it? Nah, I ain't nah, because it's the one Yo, I saw the one that you the park. Got that it. was my man. Yeah, that it. was crazy. He tried to no. research on you. All he landed was YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, "No, matter of fact, nobody got this introduction." <laughs> all right, all right. Yo, it's crazy. You hear that combat ain't got it. Combat ain't got it. Might have champagne. And you know, I got the LL. I got the LL. Cool J beat on it. It's crazy. It's a yeah. rock for you other podcasts out there. <laughs> so where where are you um, doing these speakings at? Like schools? Pre-schools? Yeah, I go to colleges, book me, community-based organizations, church, religious organizations, wherever. You know, whoever got a check, you know, we come through. We come through for a nominal fee. <laughs> <laughs> What's that check? <laughs> 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 Alex was like, I want to be a motivational I'm speaker. Just, I'm just, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to type your name in Google. Yeah. And I'm going to leave it there, press and refresh every day. The minute I see movie being made, yeah. <laughs> this nigga, I'm like, yo, wait a minute. Oh, you're going to know. <laughs> I couldn't movie. be the crackhead. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's, it's coming, man. Listen, man, I'm a firm believer that like God put me in this position, man. He, I'm supposed to be dead or in jail. All the crazy stuff I did, shot people. Been shot at all kind of crazy stuff that's in that book. I wasn't supposed to be a top cop, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a higher calling for me, you know. Mm-hmm. I just got a message today from this university. They want, I'm probably gonna go teach at this university. I'm getting a little bored of running around, yeah. not working yeah, every yeah. day. So I might <laughs> go be really? a professor again. I can't, I can't name it. We're dying for to do that. Like, yo, we want to run around and not work every day. Like, yeah, yeah. This, yo, every day is Saturday is not good. Trust me, it's too that's much. Fine. Yeah, yeah, it that's does. Fine. No, 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 oh. it does. After it's a while, a I did that one time. <laughs> I did it for two weeks. And I'm like, it's been I gotta four go back. years, man. <laughs> let me get that it ain't one enough. year. And let me decide from that point. I'll decide from that point. I mean, I'm busy. You know, I'm doing speaking. You know, podcast. I'm doing all of that. But I need to do something where I'm working. 
working every day now. So mm. I might teach say, two days a week, three hours, three Damn. hour class. Just because he's bored. No, no, I'm just bored. And plus, I'm going to be helping kids. I'm going to be helping. Yeah. If you go to ratemyprofessor.com, I was a professor for seven, six years at Monroe College in the Bronx, Roman Fordham. Mm. You know what that mm. is. Mm. Hispanic Nation. Yep. So Alex you, know what that is. You, Jerome Al- Alex, Alex, Alex you be out there know. trying to scoop the mommies. Woo! <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I was a professor, about. so I had to be really cool. Yo, some of these and girls. If you go were... on ratemyprofessor.com, they gave me five jalapenos. Them shit man. Yeah. Them shit was real. If you go to you go to ratemyprofessor.com, you gotta see like, yeah. Yo, I never met a professor. I, I had yeah. this one. I might have had this one. You gotta put on your hundred little the little emoji hat, the little uh, yeah. hat. Like, you know it's lit. You know it's lit. When you see that the little praising hat, you know it's lit. Yeah, <laughs> I just spoke. I just spoke at a BMCC. Hey, oh, you know BMCC? I yeah, <laughs> I just spoke, and they made a little hashtag. C, I think it's CRJ Piggy, something like that. And uh, the kids loved me there, man. They was like, one kid posted up on Instagram was like, yo, this is the best speech I ever heard in my life. And that makes me feel good because they could relate to me. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I could, because I've come down, I'm not talking like over the people, whatever. I could tell, you know, I, I speak based on my audience. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I know when I have to turn it up, or I could just talk like regular. So I'm in a college with kids from like 18 to 21. So, you know, I was like all in my hip-hop mode. You know, I had a little suit jacket on, but, you know, I always keep my Yankee fitted. I'm known for that. I wear a suit with a Yankee fitted all the time. You probably saw that on mm. on the news or whatever, but um, they was loving it because I was dropping jewels like, yo, don't talk to no police. That's it. Name, address, date of birth. That I don't care what they say to you. Shut up. Tired of these young kids coming in the prison and getting locked up. They want to tell everything. Yo, really was me. Let me tell you. So shut up. Yeah. No, just shut like, up. Like, listen, it was a little day day up the block. Right. Nah, <laughs> shut up. Because even if you, if you kill somebody, you still have a right to an attorney. Just shut your mouth. And I'm. Not, it's not about bashing cops. It's like, these are your rights. So I'm right. going to give you your rights. Shut up. Name, address, date of birth. That's mm-hmm. it. I don't care if they don't give you no water, they don't give you no food. Shut your mouth because I've seen so many young kids going there. You got to understand, police are trained professionals. We're trained to interrogate you, to right. make you say something crazy. You see all these people getting off from 20 years ago, they didn't commit the crime. How do you think they got in jail? Because mm-hmm. they right. said something stupid. <laughs> they said right, something true. stupid That's and signed true. a piece of paper. Don't sign. I'm not signing nothing. I ain't signing anything. They My son, Starbuck, he know the routine. Name, address, date of birth. He ain't saying nothing. They can be like, yo, you a deaf mute. He ain't saying nothing. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Get your attorney because I mean, you can't hide one. I got arrested got by like, the nicest police officer the other, mm-hmm. the other day. It was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. These niggas were the nicest people, but it was like, yo, my man, you arresting me. Like, at the end of the day, you're arresting me. Right. No, but no, he's no. Like, they're he's like, like, nah, nah, you got to you gotta tell him the, the story about the dude that fucked your life up. Who? You know the cop that fucked your life up that you oh, were still that paying I, for that? I wish cancer on him. You <laughs> <laughs> wish cancer. Uh, I, not him. Not ten years later. Back. Ten years later. It's ten years later. It's still affected. And it was just fucked up because it's like, yo, officer, like, are you serious? But you know what? You gotta buy the book for that one. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yo, we appreciate you ha- having you here, man. We don't want uh, to hold up your time. Uh, we got yelled at because our episodes are too long. Okay, but this but is they're entertaining. But they're entertaining. If y'all, I swear to God, if y'all listening right now, y'all did not find this fucking interview to be top three at least. We got about twenty episodes. I can't no, put no, 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 not top, 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 top three versus. 
podcasts out there. Yeah, yeah, can I, I need to, I can I plug my social media? Of course. Of course. I'm yeah, following. please. I need y'all to follow me on Twitter at C P G E S C P E G U E S. Instagram C P E G U E S nine zero nine eight. Facebook Corey Piggy C O R E Y P E G U E S. Please follow me. Please Snapchat too. Come on, let's snap oh, me yeah. up. <laughs> snap baby C P G. Snap baby. Let's go. For those that are listening and have heard the Starborn episode, this is Starborn's father. Hold up, uh, Star doesn't feel the type of way that you you got Snapchat. Or Nah, Star, nah, Star see me on Snap. Star more my son. He love me. He think his daddy's crazy. He's like, yo, my dad is the coolest dude in the world. <laughs> yo, um, and before we go, I just want to ask, can we get invited to one of these speakings? Yeah, facts. I, of I, would, I would like to. I think we should go, guys. Yeah, next time I'm doing something big, I got y'all. I mean, like from what I heard right now, I didn't know who you were when you came in here, but um. But from what I hear, like you a stand-up dude, like you just um, humble took, as hell. He took your, yeah, he took he took the streets and made it his. Yeah, really, you know. Mm-hmm. His story. That's ew, that's official. His you story. Really and that's why I, that's why I have so much respect for like Jay Z and on um, Fifty Cent, Boo whatever, because you don't understand, man. When you in these streets, and you get out. You can, everything is a hustle in life. This podcast game is a hustle. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all, one or two people away from reposting y'all where they got millions of followers and y'all, y'all out of here. You know what I'm saying? So everything is a hustle in life. Because when you out there in them streets worrying about the police, the cops, your girl, and people setting you up, robbing you, you get out of that. Hell yeah. Man, mm-hmm. everything else is smooth sailing. Yeah, I hear that. Everything is smooth sailing. Well, Corey, we I appreciate y'all you, having man. me. Thank you for coming, yo. You definitely gained the frigate. You inspired me and everything. Influential. I'm about to go join the Supreme Team. They still hiring me. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. I can do hey, it. They're going to become a cops and go to the military. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I man, appreciate y'all, man. Thank, thank y'all for listening. Oh, we didn't even do the introduction today, guys. Do y'all realize that shit? These Not because we got right into it. Right, we got right into it. So, anyway, I am Alexis. Johnny Dope. Uh, we can't get you, get him the mic, whatever, man. Thank y'all for listening. <laughs>